Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am thrilled that you guys are here with us today. We have an absolutely incredible show uh, lined up for you, and uh, I'm just blown away by uh, by how excited I am for what we're going to talk about. And our guest, who has uh, built a billion dollar business, and she's going to share with us what she's done, how she's done it by actually breaking all of the rules. and uh, And I see he has just uh, just saddled up his horse on the uh, on the post. I'm going to uh, I'm going to bring him into the studio now. Welcome the one and only bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dean Holland. Hey, hey. <laughs> just just made it through the door today. It was a close call. And you you like you didn't even have time to change your shirt today. You're usually yeah. in black, but you were like you were hustling to get here, huh? I'm going to keep the uh, camera upwards because this is all I managed to get on today before rushing <laughs> through the door. So right. I'm going to keep that's, this show PG, family friendly. That's a strange, uh, strange riding behavior that you have, but I'm not going to question that. I'm a sucker for punishment. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, so dude, I'm, uh, you know, admittedly very excited about our guest today. Yes. And and you know, I think we have uh, some of the most amazing people in the world on this show. We do, um, excluding you, right? Right, obviously. You know, I'm I'm just like, hopefully, I'll fade in the background. Nobody has to pay attention to what I have to say. <laughs> um, but and we know that you certainly won't say anything. So right. somebody's got to carry the show. In fact, I went to the doctor the other day, and they gave me a back brace because my back was very sore from carrying your dead weight every <laughs> single week when we do this show. Um, but you know, that notwithstanding, I am very excited about our guest. She has literally built a billion dollar business, um, with a B, not a million dollar business like Ramasio was trying to impress us with. Um, she's built a billion dollar business and she's genuinely one of the nicest, smartest, um, just most uplifting human beings that I have ever met. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Teresa Harding. (laughs) Hello. So excited to be here. Are you sure? Oh, totally. And I'll just tell you, because your audience doesn't get, usually get to hear this, but backstage before we even started, people were getting offended all over the place. They're like, well, yeah. I'm offended about that. Well, I'm offended about that. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I, highly, we're, there's so much offense going back and forth. <laughs> and I'm glad, I'm glad we're on the air now. Not that we won't get offended here on the air, but we're here <laughs> live now. So, um, so Teresa, I've been wanting to have you on the show for a while. We finally made it happen. And, uh, and so honored, James, like you guys are some of my idols. I'm really honored to be here. Dean, she doesn't mean we'll get you everywhere on this show. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so there's so many things that I want to talk with you about, but I think before, um, you know, before we get into you giving your tips and your strategies and everything to people, like I want, I want people to know a little bit about you, and and there's some things that I don't actually know about you that I'm going to ask because I I'm just curious at this point. And the question is, when you were when you were young, I imagine you as a young girl 
who was always trying to like figure out how to grow, how to improve, how to add value to other people, how to make money, like try and like all these different things. Is that, is that fiction or am I like somewhere on the right track with how you got started in being an entrepreneur? You're half and half. Half of that is totally messed up and half of it, you're right on track. All right. 50% is so, not bad. I'll run like, with that. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't really know much about business. So we grew up really had no money. And so I didn't really understand money and didn't think of it that way, but I was extremely competitive, extremely. And I always wanted to try to do whatever the boys were doing because they always seemed to have the cool stuff to do. So I was, well, you had, you had like a lot of brothers and sisters. Yeah. Yeah. There are nine girls, four boys, a lot of kids. Yeah. <laughs> and I was okay. number eight, always wanting to do the coolest thing and trying to, you know, best. If, if there wasn't someone else to best, I needed to best myself. I was in all the sports, loved it, and just like extremely competitive. Had to learn how to not get mad <laughs> when I didn't win. <laughs> yeah. So so you were competitive with siblings one through seven. And uh, <laughs> oh no, all, all all of them. Okay. You didn't even have mercy on your younger sibling. <laughs> Maybe sometimes no. Yeah. And so, you know, then that carried over into school with my schoolwork. If I'm not going to get an A, you know, I, I have to like do my very best at everything that I do. And I'm driven and I'm just, ex I'm so excited about life. I'm excited about everything. And so if, but if we're going to do it, let's do it right. Yeah. I, I would say knowing you, uh, your, your excitement is very contagious. <laughs> it, it's extremely Thank contagious. So, so when did this competition, this competitive atmosphere and attitude start translating into the business world. And I want to make, I want to make money. I want to like create value, like all those things. Like how did that happen? Okay. So this might seem like a weird transition to that question, but really it started when I was raising my kids because I was very competitive about that. I'm like, I'm not letting anyone else raise my kids. There are things I want them to know, things I think are really important. I wanna be the influence in their lives. Where a lot of people maybe look at what other people are doing or what seems to be the cultural norm or what's accepted. And so then they choose that based on what they think is appropriate or the right thing or what they should. For me, it was all about, this is the result I wanna get with my children and I'm gonna be, I, I wanna be there, I wanna be available. I could absolutely go get a job but I stayed home raising my kids with that intense attitude. And so when, and we weren't able to have as many kids as I wanted. I wanted a hundred kids because it was so That's fun growing up in a big family. Okay. I wanted 12 and we could only have three because of some health challenges and whatever. So once my kids were grown, then, and it, it kind of started infiltrating into my life before that, just because I kind of couldn't help it, but started a business before they were gone, but I was determined I will only do this business when they are gone, when they are at their sports practices, those kinds of things. So really tried to adhere to that. But when my last child left, then it was like, okay, like I can't even describe the giddy. Like I loved raising my kids. I would never, that's, that was my dream. But now that I could do this, I did that. Okay. Now the next thing, it's like rubbing my hands together, like a gleeful little witch or something who's like, <laughs> you know, literally, okay, now let's see what we can do. So, so, you, really so this is really interesting. Cause I think there's, uh, there's probably bound to be people who are listening who use age or time as an excuse or reason. They're like, oh, like I can't start anything now. You know, my like windows already closed. Like 
right. you know, kids are already out of the house. I missed my opportunity. Meanwhile, you're like, all right, dude. Yeah. The door, like, I just hear the door shut and you're like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> Is that like, that's amazing. And that's, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. And I feel like one, that's one of the things that I am able to help people with as we're doing their business is because they, there are so many limiting beliefs. I mean, really, we are mired in those and they stop us from doing things every single day. All right. So I'm going to want to talk about some of those things that you've seen get in people's way Mm -hmm. in just a minute. But before, before we talk about that, I, th- you know, I already pre-framed this, but I think it's important that people understand your, um, I feel like for the, tr- for the amount of success that you've had in the business world, right. And building the size organization that you've built, right. That does a billion dollars in sales, right. Like that's, that's a tremendous amount of money, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but yet at the same time, you are, you are very, very down to earth humble and low key about that. And so, you know, what, what I want, cause you're not coming on the show. Like we had a guy on the show and he's lived in infamy, right? We, we actually never aired the episode, but he caught on the show and he's telling Dean and I like, you know, how awesome he is. Like he talked about himself for like, you know, 13 to 14 minutes nonstop without taking a break. Like we literally timed it. And, <laughs> and, and he was, he was telling us, you know, not to sneeze at somebody who's made a million dollars, we had a million dollar business, but that's what he had accomplished. And we're like, well, that's awesome. Right. You know, good for you. But he like his ego was like all the way up here. And I feel like your results are all the way up here, but your ego's like all the way down here. And, and so if people don't know that they're not going to actually understand how much wisdom and experience about what you're about to share, like where that really comes from. And I think that's important for people to like recognize and be like, okay, like, if you're driving, like pull over and take notes. Like this is like <laughs> that important, right? So, so on your journey of well, building, you do this, go on. I just have to say, I I know you well. We become friends, James, and I. For you to say that, I know that you you are always absolutely honest. And for you to say that is a huge compliment to, for me, because I know that you don't just say things to sound good. He doesn't right. say anything nice typically, so. You know. <laughs> Oh, this is a big deal. It is a big deal. It's a very big deal. We'll send you a copy of this afterwards, Teresa, just for your own archives. (laughs) We'll send, like, there'll be a TV and this will be on constant loop. Like, the whole thing will be preloaded, ready to go. Um, So so here's what I want to ask. In the course of building what you've built, what do you see as some of the main things that stop people from accomplishing the the goals that they have from reaching the levels of success that they really want and they desire because i like ultimately i feel that we're all infinitely capable right but so many of us cut ourselves off at the knees and i'm sure you've you know you've had moments of doubt and you've also experienced you know with all the people that you've worked with people who have doubt but like what do you think gets in the way of people who are ultra successful versus people who are just like wishing and hoping that they're ultra successful? Yeah, it's, it's such a good question because I mean, it's almost the the question of, of infinite time. If people could really understand this, then everyone could totally achieve whatever they want to achieve. I believe there are two things that are probably the biggest contributors to this. Number one is truly limiting beliefs. 
and you guys know this because you have your own success as well. But when we're working with clients, when we're working with even super high end people who are multimillionaires, they still, we spend 80% of our time on basically belief without it looking like that's what we're spending time on, but that is. So it's limiting beliefs. The things that we tell ourselves that, that are not even true because the truth is whatever you tell yourself is the truth. It's the same way when, you know, when they have a, a car accident and the, the police will go ask everybody what happened. Everybody's truth is completely different. Everybody has a completely different story. So how can that all be true? Well, it's their truth. And when you believe your truth, you live as if that's true. And it, so what, and it so, takes root. So, so in terms of like some specific limiting beliefs that pop up for people, like what would you say are like one or two specific ones that people are believing that they unconsciously are thinking that really are getting in their way? Oh my goodness. One is I, I'm not really good enough at this to teach other people mm. or is that kind of thing. It's basically the imposter syndrome and they, and there's kind of a list of things that you can tell if you have imposter syndrome and that's one of them. Well, I just, um, I accidentally came into this. So, you know, these, these thoughts that somehow I'm not good enough and to say, oh, I'm not good enough, that makes it just sound like, oh, low self-esteem. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you have a passion, you have an idea, you have something that you know you've helped people with. You could contribute this to the world, but then every time you you have that feeling and then you allow the thought, but, but whatever, but, I, you know, I don't have enough experience, but I've never done it for pay before, but I've it's all of those buts that anything that comes after that, those are the thing. And I'll just, let me just say this thing about failure because people think, well, I might not be good enough, so I might fail. What people do, people do not understand what failure is. Failure is simply the, it's the mechanism to determine that that was an option that didn't work. Right. Every time you have an option that didn't work, you're like, oh, that's another one. Now I know that one doesn't work. Now I know that one. You kind of fail yourself to success by right. eliminating the ones that didn't work. And then that. people don't realize. Fail yourself to success. I feel like that's how we started this show, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Did we reach success yet or no? I don't know. I don't know. We're still failing our way. We're, <laughs> we're still doing that. It was a complete disaster the first time we tried to record. Sorry, Dean. I'm, I, what were you going to say about that? No, I, I was just going to uh, just just on this point of like imposter syndrome. It's funny. I just about two hours before this call, uh, I was on a group with about 20 of my customers and we were talking about that whole subject. And I gave, went through a few scenarios and I asked everybody who's who feels this way right now. And it was like 95 percent of people with their hand up. So it's, it's funny that we're now talking about this on here. I, I, I saw that just two hours ago, like in a, in a group, everybody suffering with with these kind of things. So well, and I love and I love I love the point that you're making about that too, Teresa. It's like this is not limited to people who are just starting, right? right? Like you could be incredibly successful and still have challenges of what limiting beliefs are getting in your way, right? And and I know for me, it's something that I'm really trying to always stay vigilant of. Is like, is that like, is that true, or am I just believing that to be true? Right. And, and, and keeping that in check, I think is so important for being able to make progress on what, what's really important to you. Yeah, for sure. And I think 
the second thing that causes people to fail, that they don't even really con connect it. They know logically, I get that that's connected, but they don't get how deeply this is connected, that if they would stop doing this thing, then they would just automatically be successful almost magically. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's this. Stop blaming. Mm. The minute you take responsibility for everything, in fact, the book Extreme Ownership, I think you've mm -hmm. read that. Phenomenal. He explains that better than anyone I've ever heard. And But when you absolutely take full responsibility for everything, even things that it's easy to go, well, yeah, but they said they were going to do this and they didn't. What part do you have control over? Take full responsibility. Well, either I wasn't clear enough or I chose the wrong person to work with or whatever. There's something that you need to take responsibility for, the minute you do that, the crazy thing is you open up complete control. Yeah. The person who tries to have control never has it. The person who's willing to completely let go of control and then take full responsibility, all of a sudden you, you start having control. Your business explodes like you would not believe. We could do, we could do an entire three-day seminar on <laughs> this one topic alone. Yes. Right. And, uh, yeah. And I've done retreats on this <laughs> where by the time we're done, they, you know, the results are you are a different leader. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't possibly take action on something when you're blaming somebody else because your, your like, uh, base of power is not with you. Exactly. Right. Right. So, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say it's so, it's so fascinating that. You know, we're we're here talking about okay. Teresa's built, you know, a, a company that does billion dollars in sales, and I'm like, all right, what are the like, what are this the some of the most critical things to do that, right? And I think a lot of people are looking for, oh, well, she like, you know, she must have had a really good strategy, or she must have had really good Facebook ads, or she must be really good social media, or she must be like, you know, this, that, or the other thing. And I'm sure like all those things like factor in, yeah. But but the foundation. Like the foundation is between your ears, right? right? And and one of the things that I always talk about is that your business will never exceed the capacity that you have as an individual. Absolutely. Right? And, and it's like the lot the lottery winners, right? The people who win, you know, millions or hundreds of millions of dollars, but they don't have the capacity to be responsible with that kind of money. It just goes away. Yeah. Right? Right. So that's what they can't build it and then they can't hold on to it. Yeah, it's crazy. And one of the things that I've noticed is my business, whenever I start capping off, whenever I start feeling like it's stuck and I seem to be just maintaining, always, and I'm not exaggerating, always, when I figure out what I am blaming and what I'm not taking responsibility for and finally getting that taken care of, all of a mm. sudden it explodes. Because you're right, you need the skills, you need the strategies, and we have those. And we know how to teach those. And those are amazing. We help people. But none of those really work until you get your, this, like what you call the stuff between your head. Because how many of you guys have known people? Hello, you interviewed someone that you didn't, you didn't post it. Right. Yeah. How many of you guys, I mean, your audience, your audience knows people who are crazy. They seem all successful, but it doesn't take long before their customers start turning away or mm. their business is exposed and then people are like really you know this person is uh, is a jerk or this person is horrible i don't the way they treat people the way they this and pretty it doesn't it doesn't hold 
Yeah. Or, or, or perhaps their ego is so big. They ride into their podcast on a horse, right? Like you never know what you're going to run into. I, I just thought I was going to get to ride in on a white horse. I just, that's, I was just hoping. Well, Maybe one day you have to put it on the dream board. That <laughs> <laughs> is going on my dream board. <laughs> um, dude, that's really funny. So speaking of dream boards, like, is that something that you do? Do you have a vision board? Do you like, what are your thoughts on, you know, we're kind of talking about beliefs and things like that. What are your thoughts on like visualization and vision boards and all those things? Well, you know, I didn't used to, I, I, I have such a strong drive and I, I have such a strong belief that I, I always thought, you know, standing in the mirror and going, you are enough. I just was like, seriously, really, you know? And so I just couldn't connect with that somehow until I came across um, some, some amazing people, including Hal Elrod, who has a miracle morning, but some of the most amazing leaders who teach about time management, what the most successful business people do, all those things, which I'm always trying to learn and how many people do affirmations and all these things. And I'm like, okay, I got to get up. I got to figure this out. I don't at all feel like I need to do what everyone else is doing. That's what I mean. We call ourselves rule breakers because that's what we're about. We're about don't do what everyone else is doing. Let's figure out. Let's break the old rules, create new ones. And that's what this is all about. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, OK, is there something I'm missing? Seems like it. So I started doing some affirmations and I'll just I'll share my experience about one. And I am sold. So I I have. I, well, okay, let me put it this way. I'm so driven. I have a hard time getting enough sleep because I want to be doing things. And I decided I'm going to find out how much sleep I really need. And so I started, you know, going to bed early and I would wait. And I would say it was a place in my life where I could just wake up whenever I woke up. And after a while, when I kind of got caught up on my sleep, I started waking up at seven hours. So I thought, okay, now I know I need seven hours of sleep. So that has been ingrained in me for years now. And I know that I need seven hours of sleep. But one of the affirmations that I found that I started saying was it talks about how I'm going to bed at this time and I'm getting up at this time based on the reality of that day. And um, um, that is the perfect amount of sleep that I need. So if I was going to bed and I was going to get four hours or five hours or whatever, and, and the affirmation talks about how some of the most successful people in the world and in history have functioned optimally on four to six hours of sleep for their life. Mm -hmm. And I am not going to accept the limiting belief that getting more sleep will somehow make my life better. And here I am, this person who has read, I've read avidly. So I've read all these books on sleep and how much you need. And all. I know all the facts. I started saying this affirmation and I thought, this is ridiculous. I don't believe this because I know I need seven, four to six, really. But I kept saying it and I'm not joking you within two weeks or less, I was waking up without an alarm in five and a half hours and, uh. and excited and ready for the day, not overly tired at night. Like I could not believe it. And that went on. And for someone who's an overachiever is that's exciting because now I have more time. <laughs> you got another hour and a half. I am telling you that, but this is, and that was kind of a long way to tell you this, but your affirmations can't just be what you want the world to be. There has to be what you are going to put into it. Mm. You have to, I think the biggest mistake people make with affirmations, like a famous one is I'm a money magnet. Money flows to me. Okay. Well, 
your your mind knows that's a lie because you don't have any money or whatever you're sitting, you know. So it's not right. it's not that you're, the si- you're sitting there in your cardboard box. I am a money magnet. Right. And so your your mind knows that you're not telling the truth. But right. if you say, you know, I am capable of, you know, there's nothing stopping me from making just as much money as anyone else. But and these are the things that I'm going to commit to to make that happen. So right. the affirmation isn't a list of duties, but it's a commitment. You have to have a commitment in there. So yes, mm. I believe in them. I love that. That's awesome. I didn't. I didn't know. We'd never talked about that before. Dean, do you do? Do you do any uh, affirmations or visualization or anything like that? I actually don't. I, I've never done anything like that. Yeah. I still study. I still struggle with meditation. <laughs> right. We've talked about that. Um. So so Teresa, I want to go back to one of the things that you said. Um. And then, uh, and then we'll probably take a quick break. If somebody is looking at failing their way to success, mm-hmm. right, which I think is a, a cool way to look at what things that didn't work out, how do you maintain your optimism and enthusiasm in the face of back to back to back failures? Even, you know, you believe you're failing your way to success, but there's like, Sometimes these long stretches where things are just not working the way that you want them to, how do you approach your mindset in that in that situation? Great question, James. Thank you, Dean. That that's a really good question and I'll I'll tell you this. Um it's honestly from practice and that's a boring answer, but the truth is that we think, "Oh, I've got to practice big." But what people don't realize is that every little, we're making thousands of choices in a day. Oh, you know what? You know, my child talked to me that way and that hurt. I'm going to go talk to them. I'm going to do this. I'm going to try again. Even the little tiny things, I didn't realize how much that makes a difference. It, It literally changes your life. And the way that it was made clear to me what a big deal that was, was when because after you pra- you practice, 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 and it becomes such a habit that it becomes almost like rock solid. Mm. So I remember I found out that I had breast cancer a few years ago and things are going great. And thank heaven for all the doctors and all the natural thing, all the things. But I remember finding out that I had that. And the worst part is when you don't know how bad it is. You find out right. you have it. You don't know how far it's spread. And my husband had had cancer before. It's way more scary when someone else has it. But um, my first, I've worked with a lot of people in the health industry before I started doing teaching people business. But in that industry, I've worked with a lot of people who have dealt with a lot of really hard things. And I remember when I found out that I had it, my husband was anxious to hear what we found. And I said, I said to him, he called me and said, have you, have you heard yet? Have they called you? Whatever. And I said, I said, yeah, we're twins. And he, he paused for a long moment and he said, that's not funny. <laughs> Cause I was letting him know, Hey, we both have cancer. We're both part of the club now. I mean, he, you know, he's over his, but I remember thinking for several days, am I in denial? Like I am totally fine. And I thought, and I, I have a psychology background as well. So I, I thought, am I like, what, is there something wrong that I'm not really facing this? And as the days went by, I realized that it wasn't, it wasn't denial. First of all, I work with all these people who have horrible things to deal with, with their health. And I remember thinking, well, it's my turn. 
Why wouldn't mm -hmm. I have a turn? So it's my turn. But it, and as I realized I wasn't in denial, all of a sudden I had what I would call a, a really powerful spiritual kind of experience. You know, we all have those times where it's really internal and powerful. And it was one of those. And I, it was like, I, you know, we see the world in three dimensions. For a minute, I got to see it in five, I felt like. It was like I was seeing five dimensions and I realized all of the little tiny choices I had made over the years brought me to a place where when there was a big tragedy that it was it was okay now right. there are times i might be in an argument with my husband and i'm bawling my eyes out and the world is falling apart right. so it's not like i don't have my times you know where i'm having a hard time but, but it, that cons it, that consistent practice and that consistent way yeah. of positioning like this is just the thing that's leading me to the next thing Yes. And the day that you're at your wits end and you feel like all this effort I'm making in my business or as a parent or whatever, it's like, what's the point? I feel like running away. It's when you didn't run away and you gave and you gave another effort. And it's when it's really hard like that, when it's not that hard, all the times they prepare you for this. Yeah. But I remember like, in my business now where I'm, you know, training people in business and all this stuff because I've learned a lot of secrets. I've made all the stupid mistakes. And so I train people and I remember feeling like this is the direction I'm supposed to go. Sometimes you kind of feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. And it wasn't working. It wasn't working. I was doing the online thing and I felt like I was supposed to go be going this direction, but it wasn't working. I remember and I'm, I'm a praying person. I know we all have different belief systems, which is a beautiful um, symphony. But for me, it's, you know, I pray and I believe in a heavenly father, whatever. And I, I was, I was praying and just sobbing saying, look, if this is not the direction I'm supposed to go, then I don't need to do this. But I feel like this is where I'm supposed to go. And, and um, the feeling that came was very much, you're not ready for this. You have not grown into the person yet who can handle what will happen when this goes. It was very yeah. humbling. And so, and whether people call that God or they call that their internal voice, whatever it is, we all have that. And so I have my hard things too. And I didn't give up. And now this business is exploding. So yeah. just don't give up. That's awesome. I think, you know, it reminds me uh, of the quote, you know, don't wish it was easier, wish you were stronger. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, so we're uh, so we're here talking with Teresa Harding. Uh, she's got a wealth of uh, experience and uh, business background. She built a billion dollar a company that does a billion dollars in sales. We are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to talk to you about sales strategies, something okay. that you are doing in your sleep that I think everybody needs to hear about. <laughs> we'll be right back after this quick message. All right, you guys, we're interrupting this incredible episode to bring you a very important announcement. And that announcement is the new Just the Tips members area. What? what? <laughs> We've created a members area that has trainings right out of the gate from Dean and I on our best strategies to help you grow your business. And many of our guests that we've had on the show have offered to put some of their best stuff inside the members area to help you guys have access to all sorts of content that'll help you grow your marketing, grow your sales, make sure you're staying on top of your business and you can work on your business, not in your business, get more results in less time. I can't even, like the reason you don't even hear Dean right now is he's galloping around the studio on his horse from sheer excitement. Dean, can you please stop galloping for one second and tell our good natured listeners what's going on? Whoa, that horse. <laughs> <laughs> 
So if I can slow this thing down, there's only one place you got to go to get all this good stuff, and that is jttshow.com. That's jttshow.com. It's all free, and I think you're going to love it. We will see you guys on the inside of the new Justin Tibbs members area, jttshow.com. Now back to our regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> all right, there we go. Quick, uh, quick break with Dean on his horse. So, uh, so we're here talking with Teresa Harding. She built a company that does a billion dollars in sales. So it seems like it makes sense, Dean, for us to talk about sales. Ah, how did you come <laughs> that idea? Where did that come from? <laughs> a little birdie whispered in my ear. A little birdie named Ramasio. Um, so, uh, so, so Teresa, at a high level, let's talk about what it takes to make sales. Okay. Like, how do you how do you increase your conversion rate? How do you increase the number of customers that you have in your business? And and how do you increase your confidence to be able to do those things? Okay, so um, it's there are very specific strategies. And one of the things I think that's really important, first of all, is as I go through, like I'll, I'll share a few tips and, and strategies, but it's really important to look at possible ways to skip steps. So I'm kind of known oh, like for step skipping okay. strategies because that's part of how we break the rules. It's don't, if this is how people says it needs to say it needs to be done. Well, that look at all the steps, figure out which ones you don't need to get the same result and then do it that way. So um, one thing is one thing that I'm kind of known for is, is how to close. It doesn't matter if you're doing it online in a funnel. It doesn't matter if you are in a live presentation in a webinar. It doesn't matter what your situation is. If you're in email, if it's in copy, but you, there are certain specific things you need to do when you are closing the sale. And there is, I'll, I'll share three of them with you. One of them is That's one. That's good. Cause this show is just the tips. We need three tips. Fire <laughs> here. Plural. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so this first one is one that most people absolutely neglect. And often it's a neglect. They neglect it because they don't have, I was going to say neglection. I was going to make up a new word, but the, I like it. We'll roll with that. It is, <laughs> is um, a lot of times it's because they don't, they lack confidence, but sometimes it's just, they just don't know. They don't realize they need to be doing this and want it. It is assuming the sale. And a lot of people, it, it sounds a little offensive because um, the whole marketing structure has kind of turned and it's all about serving the customer where it used to be finagling the customer in a way. That's why salespeople quote were yeah. thought of poorly, but now it's all about what can I serve? How do I add value? What can I contribute? That's kind of the, the thing and the trend, right? Well, we want to add value by showing the value we have and then let them know that there's an option for them to do this thing or buy our product. So it solves their problem. But the reality is we need to assume the sale right from the very beginning, because a lot of people will say you are your biggest asset. That's an absolute lie. You are not your biggest asset. You are amazing and you are an asset, but you're not the biggest asset. Your biggest asset is your confidence because mm -hmm. you could be amazing. Think of some people, you know, who are amazing at what they do. They know their stuff and they might have an amazing product. But if they are wishy-washy, they don't come across confident, nobody's interested. Your right. biggest asset is your confidence. And when you know you have a good product, a way that you can exhibit confidence, even if you don't feel it all the time and you have imposter syndrome and all the stuff, is just assume the sale. Right from the beginning, assume they're going to want it. Because your wording, your copy will be completely different. If I'm not assuming the sale from the beginning, it's going to sound something like this. 
I'll be like, okay, I'm going to, I, we have this exciting thing. It's going to, you're going to love it. And we're going to show you how to do this and this, or this, you know, we're going to show you how to solve this problem or whatever you're introducing. But if I, if I'm assuming the sale, I'm like, okay, we're going to show you something. And what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to keep track make, as you, as we talk about things that you know are relevant for you, then what you want to do is you're going to want to keep a list of those. You start tracking that. What it's going to do is kind of creates a wish list for you, helps me to help you better at the end. And you can imagine how you could transition that for a funnel. In a mm. funnel, the wording needs to be, duh, of course you want this. Of course, this is going to solve your problem. We already know you need this. But then you're talking to the pains and the desires and all the things. So what happens is when I am when I'm working with people, because of the way I assume the sale at the very beginning, by the time I'm done, before I even begin the presentation, whether it's a webinar or the funnel or whatever, before I even begin, they're already ready to make a list of the things they want. They're already planning to buy instead of, you know, um, theoretically sitting back with their arms crossed going, oh, yeah, you're going to try to sell me now. Right. If you right. Sale, yeah. And make it all about them. It's all about them. What's in it for them. Why do I care to help them? What is the problem they're dealing with? It's assuming the sale through the entire thing. Think about Steve Jobs. He is one of the best presenters. And what does he do from the very beginning? Of course, you want this iPhone. Everybody wants an iPhone. That's not even a question. He doesn't say it. <laughs> yeah. But that's the implication. Yeah. He's like, it would be ridiculous. Yeah. You'd have to have your head examined if you didn't want what I was about to offer you. Exactly. So instead of like people talk about objection handling, instead of looking at it like, okay, I've got to get through this and handle the objections. The right. reality is, in fact, I, I do a whole training on there is no such thing as an objection. They're not objections. They're actually, they're what people are feeling is a concern. And the minute you think it's an objection, now it's something you have to fight. Mm. The whole attitude toward your customer that's completely different than they have concerns. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm a, I'm a person that needs to close the loop on things. So you said we had three. Yes. I, I actually decided. Yeah. I'm not giving you any more. I'm just going to. That's give it. You just that. one. No, just the, all right. We got to change the name of the show. Just the tip. <laughs> it, sounds, sure it's a good idea. it sounds really awful, but all right. It, I mean, okay. I think we should introduce at least one more so we could be plural. Yeah. So the second one is if you want to increase your sales, you do this and your sales will literally double with everything you're doing in your business. And I, that's a huge claim. But that is I a huge claim. You, if claim. you look at all the, go ahead, Dean, what are you? I was just saying, that's a big claim. You're going to do it. Is. And when you hear what I have to say, you'll go, oh, maybe, maybe that's true. And you go look through everything you have, whether it's funnels or live sales presentation, whatever you do, you look through everything and you do this one thing and it will double your sales once you have it all implemented and in place. And so it is this. It is now I forgot. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? No way. You got to be kidding. I'm totally kidding. So it is this. It is you have an action item for every single step, every interaction, everything you do. And it has to be, it can't be an action item of what you want from them, what you're trying to get their email. It better be an action item that if I want their email, they're going, 
I can't believe she's doing this for me. All right. Give me, give me an example of, of like one of these action items. Okay. Like in, in a sales conversation. Um, in the sales conversation, it will be, for example, okay. It's, it's one way to follow up. So um, let's say I've, I'm talking, let's say you have a high ticket customer who you're on the phone with them and you, depending, like if you don't do this right, then number one, there's no follow-up after, right? And you, they don't have an action item because some people, if you're good and you're good at the sales on the phone or your sales guys on the phone are good, you will, and I'm not politically correct, so I'm not going to say girls and guys and whatever, get a grip. None of us are victims. And so we are, we're good. But what needs to happen is always there needs to be something that they are going to do next. It's not, okay, well, um, now that you've, you know, you can think about it and call us if, if you decide or, hey, thanks for coming to this live presentation or my webinar. And I'm so glad you came. And um, if you want to try some of this, these physical products, then you can do this. That's exactly what you don't want to do because you're acting like you have an action item. But really, it's like if you can't get bossy with them a little bit. Because then, then you've got a problem. And the reason you can get bossy is because you know you've just helped them feel like, dude, we are going to solve your problem. They're like, seriously? Like, this can do this? You're like, totally, totally. So the next thing you want to do is like, if I'm doing a live presentation, I'm like, so for those of you who are, you know, whatever, for those of you who are ready to start doing this, what, like, you're, you're going to be ready. Now that we're ready, the next thing you want to do is you want to start filling out the form. Make sure that, and I don't even go to, if you want to do this, fill out the form. It's when you're ready, like not when you're ready. For those of you who are ready to go, what you want to do, I, I boss them around. I start telling them what to do, but in a caring way. What you want to start doing is you want to start filling out the form and then to, to kind of change the subject. So it's not fill out the form because now I hope you're going to buy something. I'm holding up the form. I'm saying now see this part at the top. Don't worry about that part. The, this middle section is what you want to do. So I've, I've already distracted them from, and, and it's not like I'm trying to distract them. What I'm trying to do is help them not feel uncomfortable that I'm trying to force a sale. This is if you want, and I want them to feel comfortable. And so have an action item. You're, you're basically telling them what to do next. The right. reality is people are nervous to say what to do next because they don't want to boss people around, but people want to know, what do I do next? Tell yeah. me what to do. Yeah, it is. It is a good point. People do want, want to know what to do next. I mean, like, you know, with the online marketing stuff, Dean, I feel like that's a place where a lot of people's copy falls down. Yeah. Right. Right. Where it's just like, Oh, like here's this thing. And and you're like reading it and you, uh, you're just like, um, okay, what now, what, like but now I, what do I do? I yeah, always I mean, way, one of the things I think not to be disrespectful to people, but, uh, I, I always approach a lot of stuff in this sense. Like imagine people are, I don't think, I don't want to be disrespectful, like dumb. Imagine people like just have no idea what to do. Like that's how I always do it. It's like, no, I'm going to tell them to click that button or I'm going to tell them to fill that form in or tell them to go to that link. It's like, give the clear direction of where you want them to go. That's how I've always done things for a while. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, you know, I, I think about it like, um, like you're walking through an airport, right. And there's all these different ways that you could go and different, you know, places you could go and everything else like that. Back in and the good old days when you yeah, in the good that. old days before before we all got grounded. But um, but if you're walking through the airport and there were no signs anywhere, like it would be a real mess to try oh, and get yeah. to where you want, right? And so you're creating signage along the way 
to help people know what to do next. And it's like, they don't have to do that next, but if they, if they feel like whatever you're talking about speaks to a desire or a problem that they're trying to solve and you don't tell them what to do next, now you've not only lost the sale, but you've left them frustrated and thinking you're weird because (laughs) you're, you're like, Oh, here, I got this awesome thing. And they're like, okay, and, and? Yes. All and right, and tragedy. I'm going to go away. That's it. That's all I got, folks. I'm out of here. <laughs> yes. Right? And the tragedy of that is you really had a solution to their problem. Yeah. They've yeah. got a problem. You had a solution, and now you lost the opportunity to help, help them have a solution. Yeah. And so for those of you who already have, you feel like, okay, I've got action items everywhere. I already know this. Go look at your action items. Do you have the copy and then a button? Get a grip because that is not good enough. You got to have a reason what's in it for them to click that button right now. You have a button at the top and then you have a bunch of sales copy. And then at the bottom, you have another button. Well, Mm -hmm. every time there's a place where they can choose, there better be a reason. Dude, come and solve this problem right now. Come see this result. See this change in your life. If you guys are listening live and you want to call in and talk about a sales problem that you're having, call 888-627-6008. If you're international, 323-744-4831 and get this advice on your sales challenge. I'd love to hear from you guys. 888-627-6008. All right. So we've got one more tip. <laughs> I've counted that. Assuming the sale, taking having them take an action, what's number three? Number three is you have to make the, them buying the thing, the actual part where they buy has to be so easy. Mm. You keep it yeah. so simple, as few steps as possible, Go look at where you're closing the sale on your funnels, where you're doing it live. How many things do they have to fill out if you're live? How many things do they have to fill out online? Everywhere you can minimize that, minimize it. The only reason you are having an extra button is if there's a psychological reason or you're doing a split test. So you're trying to figure out, okay, is this more effective or is this more effective? Do we get more upsells if we have this extra step? Those kinds of things. Do I get more of my dream client when we make it a little bit harder? whatever, but it has to be so simple that it feels like, Oh, well, duh. It's a no brainer. Oh man. You're, you're, uh, you're saying something that's so true right now. (laughs) So, uh, so you guys, you know, everybody knows one of my companies, we sell roses online Yeah. and, uh, and we just recently had a tremendous amount of success from our ads in, you know, everybody like adding things to their cart. And then we had a lot of drop off with uh, the people who added the cart then to the people who actually checked out. Damn and you. It's like, Shopify. what? Damn you, Shopify. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not Shopify's problem. It's uh, our problem for the way that we set it up. Right. So we went through and I, I had, you know, because then you get too close to your own thing. Yeah. And so I had somebody go through and look at what we're doing and, and like watching the video of him trying to check out. <laughs> was so painful for me. <laughs> it's like, I don't know that we could have made this any more confusing for people. <laughs> right. And so what, <laughs> what Teresa's talking about right now is 100% true. Like when people have decided to buy freaking like light the runway, remove the friction, make it as simple, painless, and easy for them to do because confused minds don't buy period. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And what's interesting is I think what you just said is so powerful and telling because what you did is you looked at it and a lot of people would look at, okay, 
the problem is outside of us. And in fact, I'm I'm writing a book right now called Corridors of Consequence. And the whole the Whoa. the whole concept is what you just described. You had a moment where you had a choice to make, and because you took that road, your sales are going to change. Your business yeah. is going to go bigger because you you know, in this, in this instance, it was a humility thing. Look at me. What's my problem? How can we change it and make it better? You looked to what's better for the customer. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's, that's awesome. So I think the, uh, the three things there, and, and these are, these are so deceivingly simple, but so important, right? This is what I'm trying to say. Like, it doesn't have to be complicated or like, you know, um, I don't know. I feel like people are like, oh, like, is that, is that cool? Is that new? Like, have I not heard that before? <laughs> Usually the biggest problems that are getting in your way are that you just aren't mastering some of these most fundamental things. And yeah. so the three things you talked about, assuming the sale, making sure people are clear on what actions to take. And then when they're ready to buy, making it incredibly easy to buy. So, um, that's freaking awesome. So we're, uh, we're going to, we're going to wrap up here in a second, Teresa. Uh, but before we do, I know you've got a wealth of information um, you know, we kind of just touched the tip of the iceberg today. Where can people go to find out more about you and what you're up to? And will you give us some of your content to put in our members area? I'm putting you on the spot here live. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I actually, because I love you guys so much, literally, and in an appropriate way. <laughs> <laughs> and, and um, James has helped me so much in my business. I actually am doing something for your group that I've never done before. So I'm about that. So first I'll give you two places. I have a YouTube channel. I'm in an Instagram, you know, a TV channel. And we'll I, put all the links in the show notes. For yeah, people. so those, but I have something special for you guys. And what I've done is um, instead of just giving you something for free that you can give to them that is powerful information, I've actually, I'm actually giving you three, but your audience has to choose. They don't get all three. They get one. Oh, wow. So oh. let me tell you what the three are and we'll okay. give you the link. So they, and, um, and the link is, well, I'll tell you the link, www.teresaharding.com slash masterclass. Teresa has no H. And these are the three topics. They're masterclasses and you get to choose one because everybody's at a different level in their business. So pick the one that fits you best. Number nice. one is five things that you can start doing today to increase your conversions. Nice. They're not the ones we talked about here. They are all powerful. You do any one of these, your, your conversions will increase. The second one is pick your business already. Right. How yeah. many people, and even those of us who've had success, we want to launch something new or we're trying to do, and we, we spend months or even years and we don't actually launch it or start it. Pick your business already. And I walk you through super simple, easy. If I'm going to do it, it's simple, it's easy, and we do it quick. Okay. Right. So the third one is, Create 100 pieces of video content for your channel or social media in just seven days and still have tons of free time. James, I know you were working with me on this. I know you kind of saw that process. That's so awesome. Did. Wow. That's uh, that's great. So uh, TeresaHarding.com forward slash masterclass. Yes. And yeah. you have to choose between the three. Now, I, I feel like people are going to make up fake identities so they don't have to choose because <laughs> right? like, these are all really good. Well, I'm already thinking I have to break the rules here and get all three. I know. De yeah, Dean's, <laughs> Dean's a rule breaker as well. Well, we have, uh, you know, backstage, we've got Doug, Don, Dave, and, you know, him and his, like, 12 brothers that all start with D, and they're all one-syllable names. 
I bet they're all going to download all of them. <laughs> well, I give you a little hint then right now because I don't think that my um, my tech team has got it set up yet so that you really only can pick one. So if you do you can't it, tell, you can't tell these guys that. These guys are going to be savages. They're going to download all of them, but I think that's okay. It's gonna be gone. Whenever it's gone, it's gone. I don't know, but there will be a point where you pick one. But if you get in quick, you might be able to get them all. That's right amazing. All right. Well, thank you for your generosity on that gift for everybody. Um, and thank you. Uh, thank you for being here. This is really awesome. And I hope that, uh, I hope that everybody goes back and listens to this again, because there's so much value, um, in, in what you've shared here today. Um, just from like the fundamentals, like mastering the fundamentals are so critical. Dean, what, uh, what do you got to, say before we uh, wrap it up. I was just going to echo with what you've just said there. You know, obviously, just like yourself, Teresa, we have some great guests on the show. And one thing that always stands out for me is those that have, you know, really hit, you know, a high level in their game. It always seems to come back to they talk more about the fundamentals than all these new whiz pop things and tactics and strategies. Right. <laughs> like, no, master those foundations and really hone those and improve upon them. I think that's really drawn out of this conversation for me. So, yeah, thank you for... Uh, Thank you for sharing it, Ultra. I feel like this was just part one of a six-week masterclass. <laughs> I know, right? So we have you scheduled in for the next month, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank yeah. you, guys. And I, I'm seriously so excited. We've been touting your show. I'm excited to really spread your show because you you really contribute some really good information that I think helps people in their business. That's why you've grown so big. That's why you've hit these benchmarks that you've hit. You guys are amazing. Sheng Zhao's been good to us. Sheng Zhao has been good. We have a list, a population in Zhangzhou, China, who are big fans of our show. So we always, <laughs> we always want to give them a shout out. Thank you, Zheng Zhao, for being here with us. Oh, can I say something to them real quick? Yeah. Oh, ni hao, I didn't so, see that uh, coming at all. I lived in China for a couple of years, so I speak some Chinese and love oh, wow. these people. So hello out there. That's oh, awesome. I've <laughs> been learning Chinese for about three years. We could have done the whole show that way, but we're out of time, unfortunately. Yeah, next time. Next time we have Jan, we'll do the whole show. And uh, Dean will speak in Mandarin. I will speak in Cantonese. Um, this way we cover all of our bases. And uh, that'll be that'll be exciting for our Chinese-speaking audience. Um, so seriously, thank you so much for being here, Teresa. We're going to wrap it up. Dean, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, next week, you and I are talking about all things Black Friday. Ooh, that sounds good. Yes. Just in the nick of time. And uh, for those of you guys who want to check out past episodes, go to justatipshow.com. If you want to participate in our new free members area, jttshow.com will let you on the inside. Hopefully Dean's uh, lights stay on for the last 30 seconds of the show. We thank you guys for being here with us. We appreciate you. This is James P. Freel signing off with my esteemed co-host, Mr. Dean Holland, and we will talk with you guys next time. Later, everybody. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipsshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO, capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, -day, visit me for free training and resources at jamespfreel.com. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.